what conditions are stipulations. Hi all. I've been working on this story to pitch as an op-ed as band battles continue in Arizona and in so many other states, and a nationwide abortion medication ban looms via an FDA case challenging mifepristone. So, please give me any notes and thoughts because I would love to polish the written version of this baby up for pitching. Thank you so much, as always, for reading or listening and for caring. Ever since an aneurysm took my dad from us, my courageous, measured, nurse practitioner mom has wrestled with fear whenever I need medical attention. In my last year of law school, the Saturday before my 25th birthday, I was scrambling around my tiny Queens, New York apartment, preparing for a scheduled procedure. I could feel a restrained terror through my mom's cross-country texts. I couldn't feel the uninvited cells multiplying inside me, but I knew they were there. My breathing already a little labored, my immune system clearly exhausted. Paying my copay on a TA's salary, I shoved any loose cash into my oft-rained-upon wallet and wished that I was home in Arizona. My fingers were pink with cold when I sent my mom the dispatch that I was entering the OR. Before she could reply, in less than 15 minutes, I was out. Done. In one piece. Now more than ever, the word is replaced with euphemisms or whispered through a clenched throat. Abortion. My abortion was like so many can be. Easy, with no regret and no complications. I was tremendously lucky. I had the winds of privilege and New York's legal protections at my back, guaranteeing my safe access. But Arizona now has 40 baseless abortion restrictions, with cases over two additional laws, including a total ban, still active in the courts. I love my state, but if I faced the same situation here, I'd face legal inquiries into my reasoning, appointment scarcity, aggressive protesters, fewer medication options, higher costs, and strict, narrow time constraints. Due to the same laws, much of the same could confront me if I miscarried a wanted pregnancy. Per recent study, 95% of people who have abortions in the U.S. do not regret their decision to have an abortion. Whatever the circumstances of someone's choice, radical restrictions shouldn't be the source of any difficulty or danger in abortion care. Arizonans deserve bodily autonomy without ideological bans. Abortion debates now center the most tragic narratives, ignoring the reality that just personal freedom is defensible enough. I came to feel like my reasoning was frivolous because it was just a selfish choice. My due date coincided with the bar exam. Conceivably, I could have borne this pregnancy, given birth, and personified my self-punishment. I could have left law school, found the first available job, done my utmost not to project resentment onto my baby, who'd be repeatedly burned by my shortened fuse. I could have given my child less than my best self, my utmost love. I want children, but I knew I wanted to be ready to give my child the fulfilling relationship that my mom gave me. Ironically, I'm the product of my mom's own accidental pregnancy, but she too was given a choice, and in the moment that pregnancy happened for her, she felt ready and willing to become a parent. 
A long societal tug-of-war between progression and regression has left many of us confused about our own convictions and realities. I've felt latent shame that I should have known better. Still impelled to explain that I'd gone off birth control briefly after starting a new prescription that could react with hormonal medication. I also feel ashamed for feeling shame. Accidents happen, and pregnancies end for many reasons. Spontaneous abortion, or miscarriage, is the most common reason. But such is the tangled social fabric woven by years of misinformation about pregnancy outcomes. The law treats abortion differently than it does any other medical procedure. Legislatures don't lavish time and tax dollars on regulating the timing, medication, or decision-making in wisdom teeth extractions, a procedure riskier than abortion, because regulations about safety, consent, and best practices already exist in medicine. This regulatory framework provides sufficient support in medical decisions far more complex than abortion. An annual CDC survey of U.S. abortion outcomes, before Dobbs, indicated over 600,000 reported abortions and only four abortion-related deaths, giving abortion a 0.0007% mortality rate. By comparison, the mortality rate for appendectomies is over 1%. My outpatient quote-unquote procedural abortion, also sometimes given the arguable misnomer of surgical, was shockingly easy, probably due to expectations I unwittingly carried from fear mongers. At seven weeks, I could have self-managed a medication abortion, an option restricted in Arizona, but it was mid-semester, so I elected for the faster option. A Planned Parenthood abortion doula talked me soothingly through the procedure. I was awake in an IV-induced twilight sedation. I was then locally anesthetized and didn't feel any pain, only a pressure more akin to a pap smear than anything surgical. That was it. After a few minutes of post-procedure observation, I walked out on my own. I spent Saturday evening with Gatorade and Monk reruns, spent Sunday doing homework, and was back to class Monday morning. Emotionally, I felt nothing. I speak from neither numbness nor attempted glibness. It was just no more emotionally resonant than a dodged pregnancy scare, or egg expelled through menstruation. As with any distressing path avoided, I moved from acknowledgement to relief, and then onward. My experience left me wanting to pierce the calculatingly laced veil of horrors and falsehoods that radicals have drawn over the very word abortion. Last year, I was flying home to Arizona after losing my grandma, my brilliant, capable grandma who loved her seven children deeply, but admitted in later years that she might have enjoyed having more choice and agency. On a layover from Salt Lake City, I sat next to a devout college student writing about abortion's evils. Her demure but forceful proselytizing broke through my grief fog and headphones. Exhaustedly, half-cursing my own conviction, I gently shared that she was sitting next to one such monster. I keep sharing my story not just to reveal abortion's potential to be simple, but because I am privileged. I'm an adult, cisgender white woman, now a lawyer, with the benefits of familial support and resources. Society recognizes me and, to an albeit faltering degree, my humanity. And I can't take abortion access for granted. Bans can really touch all of us. And finally, if my rights are imperiled, 
those of anyone less privileged have been compromised for a long, long time. All right, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you for any extra insight that you're willing to share. If you'd rather read this and you're not on the Substack page, um, you can read it and subscribe. I would love to have you at mkzjoybrennan.substack.com. If you're in a position to give any financial help, Mama is running her savings ragged. So uh, <laughs> I would really appreciate any paid subscriptions. Um, I'm doing pro bono work right now, but obviously that does not pay. So yeah, um, in any case, and whatever you're able to give, even if it's nothing at all, except for your wonderful support, Thank you so much for being here, and uh, stay safe out there, gang. <laughs>